All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Sri Guru and Goranga. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 14, Ideal Family Life, Texts number 3 and 4. Shrinvatam Bhagavato Bhikshinam Avatara Katamritam Shadadhano Yatakalam Upashanta Janavritaha Satsangatschanakai Sangam Atmajai Atmajadishu Vimunchen Muchyamaneshu Swayam Swapnavad Uttati Uttitaha Shinvatam Bhagavato Bhikshinam Avatara Katamritam Shadadano Yatakalam Upashanta Janavritaha 
ಸಂಗಾತ್ಮಜಾತ್ಮಜಾಶು ವಿಮುಂಚೇನ್ಮುಚ್ಯಮಾನು ಸ್ವಯಂ ಸ್ವಾಪ್ನವಾದ ಉತ್ತಿ ಅವತಾರ ಕತ ಶಾಂತಾಜನಾವೃತ್ತಾತ್ಮಜಾತ್ಮಜಾಶು ವಿಮುಂಚೇನ್ಮುಂಶಮಾನು ಸ್ವಯಂ ಸ್ವಪ್ನವಾದ ಉತ್ತಿ ಶೃನ್ವಾನ್ ಹೀರಿಂಗ್ ಭಗವತ ಆಫ್ ದ ಲೋಡ್ ಅಭೀಕ್ಷಣ ಓವೈಸ್ ಅವತಾರ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಇನ್ಕಾರ್ನೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಕಥಾ narrations amritam the nectar shradadanaha being very faithful in hearing about the supreme personality of godhead yatakalam according to time generally a grihastha can find time in the evening or in the afternoon upashanta completely relieved of material activities jana by persons avritaha being surrendered satsangat from such good association shanakai gradually sangam association atma in the body jaya wife atmaja adishu as well as in children vimunchet one should get free from the attachment for such association munchamani shu being severed from him swayam personally swapnavat like a dream utitaha awakening translation a grihastha must associate again and again with saintly persons 
and with great respect he must hear the nectar of the activities of the Supreme Lord and his incarnations as these activities are described in the Srimad Bhagavatam and other Puranas. Thus, one should gradually become detached from affection for his wife and children, exactly like a man awakening from a dream. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The Krishna Consciousness Movement has been established to give grihastas all over the world an opportunity to hear Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita specifically. The process, as described in many ways, is one of hearing and chanting. Srinvatam Swakata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtanaha. Everyone especially the Grihastas, who are mudadhi, ignorant of the goal of life, should be given opportunities to hear about Krishna. Simply by hearing, by attending lectures in the different centers of the Krishna consciousness movement, where topics of Krishna from Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam are discussed, they will be purified of their sinful inclinations for constant indulgence in illicit sex, meat-eating, intoxication, and gambling, which have all become prominent in the modern days. Thus, they can be raised to the status of light, punyashravana kirtana. Simply by joining the kirtan, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, and by hearing about Krishna, and by hearing about Krishna from Bhagavad Gita, one must be purified, especially if he also takes prasad. This is all going on in the Krishna consciousness movement. Uh, another specific description here is Srinvan Bhagavato Bhikshnam Avatara Katamritam. It is not that because one has once finished Bhagavad Gita, he should not hear it again. The words Abhikshnam, the word Abhikshnam is very important. We should hear again and again. There is no question of stopping. Even if one has read these topics many times, he should go on reading again and again because Bhagavad Kata, the words spoken by Krishna and spoken by Krishna's devotees about Krishna are amritam, nectar. The more one drinks this amritam, the more he advances in eternal life. The human form of life is meant for liberation but unfortunately, due to the influence of Kali Yuga, the more he advances, oh, sorry, uh, every day the Grihastas are working hard like asses. Uh, could, could, excuse me, could, could we just settle down a little and, and just stop coming in and out all the time? Either people come in or go out and that's it, if we don't mind. So if he comes in again, 
he can stay. If he doesn't, he stays out. But he doesn't go, come in and go out again. The human form of life is meant for liberation. But unfortunately, due to the influence of Kali Yuga, every day the Grihastas are working hard like asses. Early in the morning they rise and travel even a hundred miles away to earn bread. Especially in the Western countries, I have seen that people awaken at five o'clock to go to offices and factories to earn their livelihood. People in Calcutta and Bombay, Bombay also do this every day. They work very hard in the office or factory and again they spend three or four hours in transportation returning home. Then they retire at 10 o'clock and again rise early in the morning to go to their offices and factories. This kind of hard labor is described in the Shastras as the life of pigs and stool eaters. Nayam deho deha bajam reloke kastan kaman ahate vidbujam ye. Of all living entities who have accepted material bodies in this world, one who has been awarded this human form should not work hard day and night simply for sense gratification, which is available even for dogs and hogs that eat stool. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 5, Verse 1. One must find some time for hearing Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. This is Vedic culture. One should work eight hours at the most to earn his livelihood. And either in the afternoon or in the evening, a householder should associate with devotees to hear about the incarnations of Krishna and his activities and thus be gradually liberated from the clutches of Maya. However, instead of finding time to hear about Krishna, the householders, after working hard in offices and factories, find time to go to a restaurant or a club where instead of hearing about Krishna and his activities, they are very much pleased to hear about the political activities of demons and non-devotees and to enjoy sex, wine, women and meat and in this way waste their time. This is not Grihastha life, but demoniac life. The Krishna consciousness movement, however, with its centers all over the world, gives such fallen and condemned persons an opportunity to hear about Krishna. In a dream, we form a society of friendship and love. And when we awaken, we see that it has ceased to exist. Similarly, one's gross society, family <coughs> and love are also a dream. And this dream will be over as soon as one dies. Therefore, whether one is dreaming in a subtle way or a gross way, these dreams are all false and temporary. One's real business is to understand that one is soul, 
Aham Brahmasmi, and that his activities should therefore be different. Then one can be happy. Brahmabhuta Prasanatma Nasochati Nakangshati Samasavishu Bhuteshu Madbhaktim Labhate Param. One who is transcendentally situated at once realizes the Supreme Brahman and becomes fully joyful. He never laments nor desires to have anything. He is equally disposed towards all living entities. In that state, he attains pure devotional service unto me. Srimad Bhagavad Gita, chapter 18, verse 54. One who is engaged in devotional service can very easily be liberated from the dream of materialistic life. A devotee must associate again and again with saintly persons and with great respect he must hear the nectar of the activities of the Supreme Lord and his incarnations as these activities are described in Srimad Bhagavatam and other Puranas. Thus, one should gradually become detached from affection for his wife and children, exactly like a man awakening from a dream. Umaganati Mirandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Guruvena Maha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Gurun Shri Uta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitamtam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Visakan Vitamscha, He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dina Bando Jagat Pate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate, Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Brindabaneshwari, Prishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Vanchakopa Truviascha Kripa Sindho Bhevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So there's a lot in this, uh, these two verses and this purport. A lot to discuss. Actually, I don't think any of us well, I speak for myself at least, but at the same time I observe 
in myself and in others that, that we don't fully comprehend the opportunity that we've been given. Uh, of course, that's not a, a, a criticism or a condemnation. Uh, it's a recognition uh, of the nature of conditioning uh, under the influence of the material energy. Uh, as is being explained here, uh, one gradually becomes detached from material uh, affection, uh, affection, attachment, entanglement, they're all wound up together. Involvement. Mm. Uh, gradually, uh, it's explained here, we, we are waking up from a dream. Uh, daydream, night dream, Srila Prabhupada uh, said one time. In the day we're dreaming, in the night we're dreaming. Because... As he says here, we need to understand that we are soul. We are, uh, we are not the Dehi, but the Deha. We are the, not the Deha, but the Dehi. We are the, the living entity within this body. That is a very simple concept, Srila Prabhupada always used to say. It's very simple. A very simple thing to understand, but due to uh, long, immemorial pursuit of material desire, uh, uh, we have become gradually more and more and more bewildered by the influence of this material energy over us. Uh, but it is a dream. Uh, Bhagavatam begins by the very the first verse gives a very strong statement that this uh, world appears to be real even to great sages and demigods although it is unreal it appears to be real it appears to be real just like a counterfeit dollar bill. We don't have dollar bills anymore. Showing my age there. A counterfeit currency note. Doesn't matter what denomination. Five, ten, twenty, fifty, hundred. A counterfeit appears to be real. And in one sense it is real. It, it is really an object. But it is considered to be a counterfeit because there is an authorized object. And this is an unauthorized object. This is a, a facsimile of the real thing. So both are real. The material world is real in the sense that it is unreal. It is a false or a temporary representation of something. Uh, 
And the material energy uh, is very, very powerful, almost as powerful as Krishna, in that it is able to completely uh, cover us uh, and bewilder us so that we have no memory, we have no awareness of our actual identity or our actual activities. We become uh, contaminated in our consciousness through association with the three modes of material nature, guna sangha. And through that association, uh, we come in contact with so many different things in the material world. We meet good and evil in various species of life. And this has been going on. This has been going on since time immemorial. Time immemorial. So it is, it is not surprising that we don't have a full appreciation of the opportunity we've been given, of the potency of this process that Srila Prabhupada has introduced us to. It is based wholly and solely upon hearing. Actually, if you think about that, uh, everything is based on hearing in our life. I was... Uh, Several years ago, uh, there's, a, there's a sangha of deaf devotees in England. And I was uh, doing a program with, with, a, with this sangha. And, and um, at the end of my talk, I, I said, ask any questions from anyone? And somebody asked the question. It's a very interesting situation when you're talking to a group of deaf people because you sit here looking at them, talking, and sitting in here looking at them is a person signing everything you say. And they're looking at him, or her, whoever's doing the signing. So anyway, I, I said, is there any questions? And somebody put up their hand and they, they did their sign to the person who then told me what the question was. And then I said, oh, you can, uh, you can uh, get a very clear answer to this question if you read, and I was about to say something from Bhagavad Gita, and as soon as I said read, the person who was organizing the program, he was actually standing here next to me, and he leaned over and he said, they can't read. And I said, I said, my immediate reaction was, well, everyone can read. It's the first thing you taught in school, or even before you go to school. He said, no, they can't read because they can't hear. And that really, that really set me back and it made me think later. Yes, if you don't hear, you can't learn to read because Reading is just an abstraction that arises from hearing. When you start, the teacher writes the alphabet on the, on the board, and you repeat it, and then she starts to put 
different letters together and you have cat means cat and then you have the cat sat on the mat and then the teacher will say now read that without making a sound just you can move your lips lips so you and then after a bit of practice like that you say now don't move your lips just read and so you're reading but if you didn't hear or you couldn't hear you've got a huge challenge a huge challenge in front of you so the importance of hearing can never be underestimated everything and everything that we hear uh, has an effect on our consciousness it shapes our consciousness it shapes our identity mm -hmm. little boys don't do that little girls don't do that you, you want to be a man then you have to be behave like this ladies behave like that you hear this and and in the process of hearing it you also see it's being demonstrated in front of you by people who heard it when they were children who heard it from people who were demonstrating it to them and telling them you could you can learn to imitate people just by watching them but to understand why things are the way they are you have to hear something you have to be you have to be told something just like when you're a little child it's you want to know why 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 this why that why that why this why that why 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 hmm. So hearing uh, shapes everything. And here Srila Prabhupada makes it very clear. Simply by hearing, by attending lectures in the different centers of the Krishna consciousness movement, where topics of Krishna from Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam are discussed, will purify one from the sinful inclination for constant indulgence in illicit sex, meat-eating, intoxication, and gambling, which have all become prominent in the modern age. Thus, we can be raised to the status of light. Mm. Only by hearing, only by hearing. Otherwise, we will hear some uh, speculative, concocted uh, in, uh, excuse me, excuse me. There's a very funny meme going around of Sukadev Goswami about to give his dissertation of Srimad Bhagavatam, asking everybody, please, turn off your phones. <laughs> mm. 
Where was I? It's very distracting. It's very distracting. It's very, very distracting. Mm. I mean, I'm nobody special, nobody important. You don't have to really worry about it. But just imagine if <coughs> Srila Prabhupada was giving a lecture. Would you be sitting there looking at your mobile phone? I don't think so. The world is too much with us now. This dream world that we're in is just too much with us. Hmm. Just think, we're sitting here in Melbourne. When, the, when the, the first settlement of white people occurred in, in Sydney in 1788, it used to take six months for a ship to sail from Plymouth to Sydney. Now say I have a friend in Plymouth who writes me a letter and, put, and sends it out on that ship. It takes six months to get here. And then it takes about a month to turn around with the ship to restock it, any repairs, so on, make sure all the crew want to go back recruit some more people or whatever and then in that time I I can read that letter and I can write a reply and put it on the ship and it gets back to Plymouth six months later so maybe 13 months take place take pass by uh, for this communication now I can pick up this thing and I can press a button and I can see the picture of the person I'm talking to in London instantly oh. and has it made a better world hmm? it, it draws us further and further and further into the dream of material existence hmm. we need to hear the truth we need to hear the truth and we need to hear it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because as soon as we walk out that door, we're back in the dream. We're back in the dream of our material existence. And we can, if we're not careful, we just completely forget again the importance of what we've been given. Human form of life is meant for liberation. Liberation from what? And liberation into what? We need to know. We need to know. Otherwise, we are helplessly and hopelessly entangled in the material world. You can, we can never get out. We don't know how we got in. We don't even know that we came in. We don't even know that there's anything beyond this material world. We don't know. We don't know where we, in this life, we don't know where we came from. And again, on the basis of what we hear, oh, you, you're, you're a boy, you're a girl, you're Indian, you're Australian, you're, you're American, you're 
all of which are, which are just temporary things. Temporary things, finished like that. Hmm? One moment you think you're this, and then it's finished. As if it never happened, as if you were never here. But you go somewhere. Anyone been to a funeral? You go to a funeral, yes? And you, uh, they always have the eulogy for the person. Usually these days, they have the open coffin. There's, there's the corpse there for everybody to view. People come by and offer their last respects, give a flower. And then somebody gives the eulogy and quite, very often they break down crying. Oh, my father's gone. My uncle's gone. My grandfather's gone. Well, no, he hasn't. There he is in the box. Oh, no, 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 no. No, he's gone. But we don't know what is gone. We don't see something go. Hmm? Just something has gone. And we all understand that, actually. Everybody's spiritual at a funeral. Hmm? But it doesn't take long. Again, after the funeral's over, you go to the, the wake, people have a few drinks, get a bit intoxicated, make a few jokes about the person, have a few fond memories of him or her, tell some funny stories, break down and cry, and, so, and then they go. And gradually, gradually, the memory of that person fades away as if they were never here. But something has happened when death takes place. Something has gone. That's you. As sure as death. And, and, and we see the nature of the dream of material existence uh, is exemplified by when, when Yudhishthir meets the snake at, at, the, at the lake where his four brothers have drunk the water of the lake and appear to be dead and the snake appears when Yudhishthir comes here and asks him questions and says if you answer my questions properly then we these will bring them back and one of the questions he asked him is what is the most wonderful thing in the world and Yudhishthir's answer is that the most wonderful thing in the world is that a man will see that his father has died that his father before, his father has died, his grandfather has died. Maybe even his own son has died. But he'll think, I won't die. Hmm? Somehow or another, we're in the illusion that this will go on forever, even though imperceptibly, as time passes, the body comes to the point where it is totally invalid. It's an interesting word, invalid. Invalid, invalid. It's the same word, just pronounced differently. But literally invalid. It becomes useless. And we, and we have to die. We have to leave it. We have to go through the process that is called death. I was just saying yesterday to... Mother Vishnu Priya, that the, 
that the book that really struck me so powerfully when I first met devotees was that little book, Beyond Birth and Death. Beyond Birth and Death. What a concept. <clears throat> we have to understand that we are eternal living beings. First instruction, Krishna gives Arjuna. And never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you. I, you, and all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. This, this is the most revolutionary piece of information you can get. Our whole philosophy is based upon this piece of information, on this fact. Never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. Beyond birth and death. There's a lot of talk about, is there life after death? Hmm? And Prabhupada's response was very often, Yes, and there is life before birth. Your problem is that you are entangled in the repetition of birth and death in this material world due to your attachment for this world, for living in this world, for enjoying life in this world, your addiction to this. There's a lot of talk about addiction in the world today. Mm? Actually, we're all addicts. Everyone in the material world is addicted to sense gratification. Some of that sense gratification is socially acceptable. Some of it is not socially acceptable. And that varies from society to society also. But everyone in the material world is addicted to sense gratification. Gratifying the senses. And what is the, what do we, what do we uh, pray, what do we pray at the beginning of Prashadam? Sarirara vijjajau jatendriya tahikau jive file vishasakare. That the, the, uh, this body is a network of senses that are a, a network of paths that lead to death. Again and again and again and again and again. Because we, ha we, we have no business in this material world. We have no reason to be here other than this sense gratification. Mm. And it brings misery. Abrama bhuvana loka punaravatinojuna, Krishna says. From the highest planet to the lowest planet, all. are places of misery in which the repetition of birth and death take place. You know, there are some uh, concerts that you go to now where part of the entry into the theater 
is that you give your mobile phone in at the desk and they put it in a little bag and they put it on the shelf just like you put your shoes somewhere when you go into a temple. Queen Elizabeth one time said, when I first became the queen, everywhere I would go, people would be waving flags. Now everywhere I go, people are holding up phones. <clears throat> so once you're entangled in this, there's no way out. Devi Yeshu Gunomai Mama Maya Durat Yaya. Once you enter the labyrinth of the material world, uh, you can't get out. You need a clue. That's an interesting term, clue. Actually, a clue is a ball of wool. It's a name for a ball of wool. And there's an ancient story from what is called Greek mythology. But if we understand the real history of the world, what is called Greek mythology is actually history. It's actually history. And there's one story, I forget the, the Greek names, of one, one person who was condemned to enter the labyrinth of the Minotaur of Crete. That's a whole other story. And just before he went in, his wife gave him a ball of wool. And as he walked into the labyrinth, he just very quietly unraveled that ball of wool. Then at, at a certain point, he was able to turn around and, f and just follow the wall and come out. He had a clue. Mm. We have no clue. We have no clue until and unless we hear from a pure devotee of the Lord, from a bona fide guru. Talked a little about that the other day about guru. Mm. Now it's very, uh, so-and-so's, he's a guru in the fin in financial affairs he's a guru on the stock market he's a guru about management he's a guru he's not a guru Prabhupada makes it very clear there's only one role for a guru and that is to give you impart that knowledge to you which if you apply in your life you will become liberated from the entanglement of birth and death and you will return to your eternal position in the spiritual world. That is complete knowledge. Complete knowledge, not partial knowledge, not speculative knowledge, but actual fact. Actual fact. But if you're not prepared to hear it over and over again, then there's so many other things to hear all the time in this world. So many things that you have to be listening to just to maintain, just to keep body and soul together. Prabhupada's talking here. Uh, one should work eight hours a day at the most. I was talking to my godbrother 
Vaisheshika Prabhu recently, who he, he travels to Japan every year and preaches there. He has a, a god brother who, who's been there for, since the beginning, practically, who, uh, of his devotional service. Uh, and he goes there and associates with him and preaches. And he said, the devotees in Japan, they have to work 70 hours a week. Or they lose the job. They can't. You can't have a job. You, you got to at seventy hours a week. That's a minimum of ten hours a day. And during that time, you have to listen to all kinds of nonsense. And everywhere you go, you're being hit with all kinds of nonsense visually, and and everywhere you look, buy this, buy that. Enjoy this, enjoy that. Get away from it all. Go, to, go here, go there. Have fun. Mm? Eat, drink, sleep, and be merry. Mm? It's a hopeless situation. Therefore, Prabhupada, like he begins this purport by saying, the Krishna consciousness movement has been established to give Grihastas all over the world an opportunity to hear Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita specifically. An opportunity, that's where I started. We have to understand uh, what an opportunity we have here. Because if, even if we have some understanding of it, we can forget. Very easily we forget. Very easily we become distracted. So Prabhupada was very compassionate about this. And like he says here in this, yata uh, kalam, according to time, and then in brackets, generally a grihasta can find time in the evening or in the afternoon. Busy, busy time in the morning, because you have to keep body and soul together, you have to keep a roof over the head, you have to pay all the bills, you have to feed the children, you have to dress the children, you have to pay their school fees, you have to buy the books for this, so on, so on, so on. In this age, it's very complicated, very, very complicated. The struggle for existence uh, is practically all-consuming, practically all-consuming. Like he says, he goes on to explain here. You have to, very often people don't get home until Nine, ten o'clock at night, have a meal, go to bed, get up, do it all over again. Next day. Hmm? So to find the time is difficult, but find the time we must. And so he says here, hmm, generally a grihasta can find time in the evening or in the afternoon. Whenever. The beauty of this process is that nam nam akari bahuda nija shava shaktis tatrapita niyamita smarane lakaraha itadrishitva kripa bhagavan mamapi durdaivam idrisham ihajani ihajani nanuragaha. There's no 
There's no hard and fast rules. You don't have to, you don't have to do it at a particular time. You don't have to be facing in a certain direction. You don't have to be wearing certain clothes. You don't anything. It has been made so simple. Just sit and hear. There's one uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita lecture that Srila Prabhupada gave, and the verse says that in the evenings Lord Chaitanya would sit in his room in the Gambira and Ramananda Roy and Swarup Damada would recite choice verses from Bhagavatam and Lord Chaitanya would sit and hear and cry. And actually Prabhupada says to begin the lecture, he said, so this is our process. You come, you sit, you hear about Krishna, and you cry. But we have become very dull uh, in our association with the material energy. And so it is very important for us to remind ourselves and each other the rareness of the, of the opportunity that we have. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears only once in a day of Brahma. Eight, once every eight billion, six hundred million years. There's all kinds of speculation about how old the earth is. Some people say, oh, how old the universe is. So many, the best they can get to is so many billions of years. But 8 billion, 600 million years makes one day of Brahma. So this opportunity, this opportunity that we have, this opportunity to sit in this temple, you know, and hear this philosophy as it is being presented by uh, the pure devotee of the Lord, the Senapati Bhakta of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This occurs once in a day of Brahma. Once in a day of Brahma. <clears throat> there are 36,000 days in the life of Brahma. So this opportunity comes for 10,000 years within a Kali Yuga of 432,000 years, uh, 36,000 times in the duration of a creation. And you might think, well, that's, that's plenty of opportunities. Mm -hmm. But you may spend that whole creation as a lizard. It may pass you by for hundreds of creations. You might not even get to the human form of life. The rarest thing, very rarely achieved, the human form of life. What to speak of the human form of life on this planet? What to speak of the human form of life on this planet at this time? You could take birth in what is called 1782. Have a human form of life and then be running around as a dog in 2024. Very rare, very rare opportunity we have. 
And as I said at the beginning, I, I say these things for my own benefit over and over again. Because it's so easy to forget all of this. It's so easy to forget because of the nature of our conditioning. And because within the material world, Maya is omnipotent and omniscient. And in the Kali Yuga, the influence of Maya is exponentially increased. But this process is so powerful because it's not a mechanical process. It's not a mechanical thing. As the verse is quoted here, Shrinvatam Swa Kata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Hridyantasto Hyabhadrani Vidu Noti Suritsatam. That Krishna is the super soul within the heart of every living entity, and he cleanses away the desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the truthful devotee who has developed an urge to hear his messages, which in themselves are virtuous when properly heard and chanted. Properly heard and chanted doesn't mean with the right meter and intonation and cadence of the language. It means under the, under the auspices of a pure devotee of the Lord with a submissive attitude. Krishna is the observer of everything and he sees this. If you are truthful and honest, and you do this, then Krishna reciprocates. Cleansing by sound. Vidunoti means to cleanse by sound. I remember, did, did uh, Mahavishnu Goswami ever visit Australia? Old Indian gentleman? Sorry? Hmm. He once told me that this word uh, vidunoti, uh, in, in, in two ways in India, you can see it physically exemplified. In, uh, you don't probably see it so much in the modern times, but he said there's, there's an instrument that it looks a bit like a, it's just like an L shape with a, with a thick cord on it and a gap of about that much between the frame and the cord. And uh, it's called a vidunoti. And people, the, the wallers who have these, they go around and they call out, they, they give their call, and people bring out their cotton mattresses. And if you sleep on a cotton mattress regularly, it, it compacts down. So these people, they, they run the mattress through their instrument, plucking this string and setting up a vibration. And it actually causes the cotton within the mattress to open up. And then he said, uh, in, the, in the areas where cotton is grown in India, you find big sheds, also called vidunotis. And they're big, big, big sheds with uh, chicken wire chicken wire floor and a big bow like Lord Shiva's bow that goes out through the whole length of this shed and protrudes out the end 
and there's a big thick cord tightly on that. Then all the cotton that's being picked, it's got little, it's got dust, it's got little dead insects in it, it's got little pieces of the, of the pod of the cotton still there. It's all just stuffed into this shed. And then either end of it, they start beating on this cord, usually with a raga. And this vibration is set up inside this big shed full of cotton. And they keep doing it and doing it. And as it goes on like that, the cotton begins to expand. And as it expands, it, it gets obviously less compacted and the fibers begin to separate. And any heavy things, like these dead insects and dust and bits and pieces of anything, begin to just slowly fall down through. And when they get to the bottom, they fall through the chicken wire. And then at a certain point, the shed is opened up and there's a big, big fluffy ball of white cotton filling the whole shed. Then it's taken out and they, th they make the yarn. So if you, if you think of your heart like that, our hearts are full of so many dirty things due to our contamination through association with the modes of material nature. Our consciousness is contaminated. The heart is full of dirty things. So this sound vibration, this transcendental sound vibration of Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, if heard over and over and over again, has this effect on the heart that all the dirty things begin to fall away. Prabhupada used to say, you don't need a, a certificate from somebody to tell you how you're advancing in Krishna consciousness. You don't need to consult somebody. How do you think I'm doing? You just look inside your own heart and answer the question, to what degree am I becoming free from lust and greediness? And to whatever degree that may be, it's very easy for you, therefore, to understand. It's because of hearing this transcendental sound vibration. So go on hearing. Go on hearing. And never give up. Never stop. There'll be so many challenges and so many distractions and so many disappointments and so much discouragement that will come your way on this path. But you don't give up. Our Srila Prabhupada perfectly exemplified that. You see his life was so many obstacles and difficulties all the way through. Uh, up until the point that first year in, in New York. He says, I got very depressed. I used to go down to the Cindia Steamship Company and, and see when's the next boat coming. And then I'd think, well, I'll stay till then, and we'll see. What if he'd given up? <laughs> this wouldn't be happening. There would be no ISKCON. There would be no Srimad uh, Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita as it is. There would be nothing. Hmm? 
these things we need to contemplate uh, and, and become very determined that no matter what, I'm not going to give this up. I'm not going to give this up. Does anyone have any questions or reflections that they would like to make? Uh, thanks for the um, nice class. I, I was listening at home. I listened to the whole class. So, um, I understand that. Yep. Um, I was in your position once. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a, it's an interesting, um, uh, d not a dilemma, but a, a um, conundrum, I suppose. We're meant to be detached. Um, and the whole process of, as you as you explained, our hearing process is is meant to detach us or attach us to the reality, remove us from the false the falsity of of friendship, love, and you know, so Prabhupada says society, friendship, and love, right? Yes. And I mentioned this the other day, um, but yet yeah, we we're building. <laughs> we're building a society, even Prabhupada called it a society, and and he's encouraging us, actually, even if you're a grihasta, which in one sense is the, is, is the um, opposite to renunciation, right? Yet um, we're, we're actually building a society of devotees uh, and we're encouraging, and Prabhupada even encouraged uh, Grihasta Ashram. In fact, we can't avoid it, realistically. And yet, at the same time, um, we're cultivating that um, idea of detachment, of, of you know, separating ourselves from the material and going to the spiritual. So, um, it appears like we're going in two, <laughs> you know, two different directions, which is a challenge for us. Um, so, you know, we've spent our lives building a society, building a community, encouraging householders. And, and so, you know, it used to be 99% of, of Iskon lived in a temple and 1% householders lived outside, you know, when we joined. And if you were a householder, you were like... <laughs> You know, you failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yet now, it's it's completely the opposite. Mm. More complex, more happening. Mm. You know, and in one sense successful. Yet it would appear to be contradictory to, you know, what we're what we're aspiring to. So, um, how do we balance? Where do we get the balance? And um, I think, as you're saying, you know, regularly, and as Prabhupada says, regularly hearing. Yeah. We, we, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, there's a lot, to, a lot in this, a lot to talk about. But the first thing that comes to mind is the old adage, this too will pass. 
And if we think uh, of the uh, what are called the rites of passage in a person's life, things arise uh, if things are conducted uh, in the right way uh, in the course of a person's life, then as the biological changes occur, and there is a biological change occurs uh, when one comes into puberty, then there has that, that dealing with sex desire has to be taken care of. It's taken care of properly in the Grihasta ashram. Uh, then within, within a, again, within the passage of time in one's life, uh, everyone comes to what is called menopause where there's a change in the hormonal structures and processes in the body. And at that time, there's, uh, there is a, a change in taste, a change in taste. It, and if things are conducted properly, then if one gets married at the right time and has one's children at the right time in terms of how your age is, then when you come into that time of life, the, the desire to retire begins to grow within one's consciousness. One wants to disentangle oneself. Of course, if you don't know what you, where you want to go to, then all you're thinking about is, I want to play more golf, or I'd, I'd like to go on a cruise, or whatever. But in the proper in a proper society, the Varnashram society, a Krishna conscious society, then you understand, yes, this is natural. I, I'm losing my taste for these things, so I'm developing a taste for renunciation in a, in a, more, uh, in a more concentrated form. But the other point I, that came to mind when you were saying about renunciation is the whole of the Varnashram system is a process of gradual renunciation. <clears throat> but it's, it only works properly if one uh, hears these things from authoritative sources. There's a very nice purport in the Bhagavad Gita, um, verse 22 of the 13th chapter. That applies for uh, everyone at every stage of life. I, if, you, if you don't mind, I'll just end by reading that. The verse is, the living entity in material nature thus follows the ways of life, enjoying the three modes of nature. This is due to his association with that material nature. Thus he meets with good and evil among various species. I, mentioned, I referred to that earlier in the talk. It's a little two verse, two two paragraph purport. It won't take long, but the second paragraph is where the nub of it is, but you need to read all the way through to get to it. This verse is very important for an understanding of how the living entities transmigrate from one body to another. 
It is explained in the second chapter that the living entity is transmigrating from one body to another just as one changes dress. This change of dress is due to his attachment to material existence. As long as he is captivated by this false manifestation, he has to continue transmigrating from one body to another. Due to his desire to lord it over material nature, he is put into such undesirable circumstances. Under the influence of material desire, the living entity is born sometimes as a demigod, sometimes as a man, sometimes as a beast, as a bird, as a worm, as an aquatic, as a saintly man, as a bug. This is going on. And in all cases, the living entity thinks himself to be the master of his circumstances, yet he is under the influence of material nature. How he is put into such different bodies is explained here. It is due to association with the different modes of nature. One has to rise, therefore, above the three material modes and become situated in the transcendental position. That is called Krishna consciousness. Unless one is situated in Krishna consciousness, his material consciousness will oblige him to transfer from one body to another because he has material desires since time immemorial. Now, here's the nub. But that conception has to change. It has to change. That change, this is probably one of the most important sentences in all the Prabhupada's books, that change can be effected only by hearing from authoritative sources. Only. The best example is here. Arjuna is hearing the science of God from Krishna. Now, the living entity, if he submits to this hearing process, will lose his long-cherished desire to dominate material nature. And gradually and proportionately, as he reduces his long desire to dominate, he comes to enjoy spiritual happiness. In a Vedic mantra, it is said that as he becomes learned in association with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he proportionately relishes his eternal spiritual life, blissful life. It's a gradual process. Gradually and proportionately means from conception to death. So therefore we have the samskaras that create auspiciousness at every stage in our life. And that is underpinned by this hearing process, hearing from authoritative sources over and over and over again. And this verse is so wonderful today because we understand that we gradually wake up. We gradually wake up. But in the process of doing that, there has to be Brahmins, Chatriyas, Vaishyas, Shudras, Brahmacharis, Grihastas, Vanaprastas, and Sannyasis, according to a gradual process of spiritual evolution in consciousness. It takes time. Everything takes time. We're, we're, it's not a quantum leap. Krishna consciousness is not like 
abracadabra, you're cured. Wake up. There can be sudden awakenings, but <laughs> we're coming out of a very, very contaminated state of consciousness. So it has to be, it has to be, the medicine has to be applied properly by the physician. Med is the root word of medicine and, the, and that means appropriate measures. By taking appropriate measures according to time, place and circumstance, the cure begins. The main thing is, just like you go to the doctor and he gives you some medicine when you're sick, he says, make sure you take the full course. Even you might feel better after a couple of days. I've given you medicine for a week. Take it for a week. And this prescription is a bitch now. A bitch. Every day. Nitya. Nitya. Every day, you've got to take the medicine. I had heart failure five years ago, and I'm on five medications I have to take it every day for the rest of my life. I could risk not taking it. I had a godbrother in England who, uh, he had a heart attack, and he got put on medication, and uh, he was also bipolar. He, what do they call it? Manic depressive. So he went into a manic state one time, thought, I don't need to take this medicine. Uh, next thing he was in a coma and 11 days later he was dead. So you can do whatever you like, Krishna says to Arjuna. You can do whatever you like. You're free to do that. You can do whatever you want. That you can do whatever you want is always there. But you have to you have to know where you're going. You have to know that this too will pass. We're moving on. We're moving through. We're not here permanently. So where are we going? And how do we get there? And if you want to, you've got to stick to the path. Just like you, you follow the sat-nav, don't you? You follow the sat-nav. Because you have faith that this, this is going to take you where you want to go. So, Krishna says, Ashradadana purusha dhamasyasya parantapa aprapyamam nivatante mrityu sansaravatmani. If you're faithless, if you don't develop faith and act on that faith, then you just remain or you come back to the repetition of birth and death. Hmm? Takes courage takes courage to abandon all things, but you can't abandon everything at once. But you let go what you can when you can. Ask yourself, do I really need this? Whatever it may be. Start to save a lot of time for contemplation and, and practice of realization. Realization is another very interesting word. Like the, that ization on the end of any word, it tells us you're bringing it from one state to another. Modernization, hmm? naturalization, 
civilization, realization. We are coming out of an unreal state of ourselves, a concocted state of who we are, back into the real state of who we are. But it takes time. We didn't, we, didn't get in, we didn't get in this mess overnight. But the process is so powerful. The medicine is so strong. Prabhupada said, you do this for one lifetime and you can go back home, back to Godhead. If you want to. It's all down to what you want. And you cannot deny what's in your heart. And the natural desire for family life is there. Even that's exemplified in the story of Kadama Muni. Kadama Muni was a greatly renowned sage, greatly austere person, but he recognized within his heart he had this desire, and it wasn't going away. So he uh, he performed austerities, and eventually the Lord appeared to him and said, "What do you want?" And he made it very clear what he wanted. I want a wife. I want a wife who will be a, a veritable cow of plenty in my married life and satisfy all of my lusty desires. And then the Lord said, well, Swayambhuvamanu, he's traveling all over the universe with his daughter, Devahuti, looking for a suitable husband. He'll be here in two days and he'll give it to you. Then the, then the whole story is there of their married life and so on, and nine daughters, and then, then Kapila Dave comes, and then when Kapila Dave's grown, Kadama leaves. But we don't see Deva Hootie's, oh, my husband's gone. She sits down in front of, she's just as renounced. Due to all that she's had to deal with in the passage of time and the frustrations that come, inevitably, because you can't mix oil with water. We are in an unnatural situation, and we gradually come to understand that by hearing the truth. And then we see Devahuti, she approaches, she approaches Kapila Deva and asks him, I'm sick of the disturbances that are arising from my senses please give me knowledge so these things can be very very organic very organic if if the structure is right if the instructions are right structure instructions Formation, information. Our minds have to become purified. The chitta has to become purified. And it, it can only come, shravanadi sudha chitta, a hearing, shravanadi from the authorita authoritative sources. And then what is naturally there, what is that verse? Nitya siddha krishna prema sadhya kabu noi. Shravanadi Sudha Chitti That love for Krishna is dormant now within the heart of everyone, but it is established 
eternally established within us. It is not something which has to be brought and added to us. It's not an add-on. It's not an app. It's an integral part of our being. We, are, we exist to love Krishna. And we do love Krishna. But we've forgotten Krishna. But as soon as we forget Krishna, we start missing Krishna. Because we have to give our love to Krishna. And that's what we live for, to give our love. To love. But because we've forgotten Krishna, although we're missing him, we don't know what we're missing. And by this time, we're in contact with the three modes of material nature, and we go anywhere and anything happens. We meet with good and evil in various species of life. But then, shravanadi sude chitta karaya, by this hearing process, the chitta, the mind, the intelligence, the senses, the ego, everything becomes purified, uh, and we... Our natural love for Krishna begins to manifest. Prema bhakti jaha hoite advijja vinasajate. By coming in contact with the pure devotee of the Lord. Prema bhakti jaha hoite. From him ecstatic prema emanates. By him ignorance is destroyed. These books, they're like little time release capsules of prema. You just suck on these books through the year. You hear these books over and over and over again. And gradually, gradually, everything, everything comes. Hare Krishna. And carry on with the good work of establishing a community, of a society, in which all the ashrams and all the vanas are manifest. Hare Krishna. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.